Do you struggle to understand people with mental health issues? Join me, Stephen Torres, as I speak about rehabilitation and bipolar disorder. If you are into psychology or share a similar condition, this show is for you. I'm just talking about the real things. Hello, my name is Stephen Torres, and I'm starting this podcast called Real Things Stephen Says, because I always talk about the real things that happen to me, and a lot of things in my recent life have happened. To start off, I am an English major based in Manila, Philippines. I have this mental condition, it's kind of messed up, it's kind of serious. So serious that I've been sent to a facility for a period of six years total. But this was not continuous because I got to get out for a few months. And when while outside, I engaged in a stupid activity that got me sent back in. And while inside, I continued to do unsavory acts, which I will discuss in this episode and in the upcoming episodes. So when I was a youth, when I was about uh, two or three years old, uh, they already knew that something was up with the young Stephen T. They knew that uh, I was quite more energetic than the average child. I was noisy, I was talkative, I was disruptive in class. Yes, they sent me to class when I was about two years old. And so uh, this had never really changed until I, re- uh, even as I uh, reached into adolescence, young youth, uh, adolescence, and well into my adulthood, probably, probably only now on second th- thought is it um, becoming better. And I thank the Lord for this. So while I was in rehab, they didn't know what was wrong with me. At first, I was shipped from my room into some sort of ambulance. I was put in an ambulance, sedated as I was only about mm, 14 years old. And I didn't really agree or admit at the time that I had a mental condition. But things were really going south for me after my parents' separation. And I moved to a new country, my home country, Philippines, from Dubai. And in the Philippines, uh, we have more accessible and cheaper um, comparatively uh, medical services. So I was able to go to one of the most uh, exclusive and top uh, hospitals and centers. I was first put in one hospital setting and second was more long term. It was more of what you Westerners or Americans or Europeans would call a halfway house. And so I was, I was in this, uh, bulk of my time was spent in this uh, halfway house-like uh, retreat home, but you were not able to leave. You were not allowed to leave. All you could do was uh, sit there and uh, pray, <laughs> sit there and eat, sit there and really buy the time away. And so, uh, and so going back, it was in the hospital where in the psych neuropsychiatric ward, uh, where I was uh, given labs, and it came out that everywhere, from my head to my to my mid body to my toes, actually, and looking back, I I think that my toes were the only one, and my legs that didn't have anything wrong with it. Perhaps my legs did have something wrong with it because I moved too much in that place. I I it was a rectangular hallway. And we had dorms uh, in the insides, uh, in the inside of it. 
we had these dorms where people, rooms actually, shared rooms where people were not able allowed to enter, but we, I still entered them anyway. And so this gained me the ire of the attendants and the nurses. They, uh, they began to sedate me again while, again, I was inside, uh, already inside a neuropsychiatric ward with air conditioning. They called it the basement of that particular hospital. And I was, uh, I was, of course, sedated several times. I was a really hyper energetic 14 or 15 year old. I was actually a 15 year old. Uh, I had just turned 15. I had my 15th birthday in it. The, the, uh, the parents of certain uh, patients I made friends with had given me a cake and found out that it was my birthday. So they gave me ice cream cake and my parents, my grandparents visited with my mother and I proceeded to fight my uh, my grandparents and my mother uh, in that center. Of course, this uh, this uh, made the doctors so uh, pissed off at me. And, and of course, I was uh, extended in my stay and given a diagnosis of oppositional defiant disorder. And so uh, I was moved to another place right in a, in a provincial area of the Philippines, but still near my city and this was indeed the halfway house and here they discovered and actually even in this in the hospital for i was only in the hospital for less than three weeks and then i was in the rehab for or the center or whatever you call it it was mixed both places were mixed for psychiatric cases and drug cases which i was a psychiatric case just reiterating that i was a psychiatric case and still am so uh, in this uh, secondary, in the secondary place I was at, the second place I was at, they uh, they learned that I actually did not have ADHD as they thought when I was a child. Because when I was a child, they thought I had ADHD all throughout my youth in Dubai. Uh, as a about 10 years old, a 10 year old kid, eight year old kid, even younger, perhaps thought I had ADHD. These psychiatrists thought I had ADHD, even thought I had autism at one point. And so they discovered as I as I uh, spent more time in the second center in this in this in the rehab, they they found out that I had actually this condition called mood disorder or bipolar NOS, because my mood swings were not enough to be uh, fitting in the criteria of type one bipolar, and they were not enough to fit uh, bipolar type two. So I was not otherwise specified because I had these things called seizures. Going back to the place where I was at the, the hospital setting, I actually had um everything wrong with me from the head to perhaps my uh, my my nuts my 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 genital areas because in my head i had mental disorder i had seizures in my spine perhaps i don't know where the seizures are located perhaps in the spine or in the brain so i'd say the spine uh, in my chest i had a uh, pneumonia in my in my in my throat i had thyroid disorder and in my nuts, in my genital area, I had uh, UTI when I was put there, maybe because I kept eating bacon and uh, processed meat before getting put in that center. Also, I was very skinny, and now I am quite stout. As stout, but muscular, of course. Perhaps because I had a tumor, or a small cyst, actually, in my uh, throat. I had um, this thing called hypothyroidism. I had uh, mood swings in my brain. I had hyperactivity, I had seizures in my spine, in my neuro, neuromuscular, whatever you call that thing, and uh, all sorts, all sorts, I told you, only my feet, only my legs were the ones, and my arms perhaps were the ones that were okay, and still they were not really that okay because I kept moving them, I, <laughs> kind of strange, but 
that was that was really worth being sent to a hospital that long in my youth was actually worth it and so i'm going to talk about the reason why i decided to start this podcast real things steven says of course i'd like to inform my viewers the state of uh, rehabilitation perhaps where i went to because rehabs even mental illness is still such a is such a topic where people don't know don't don't know about it's so stigmatized here in my country in the philippines even in manila which claims to be cosmopolitan and is the world's largest metropolis i uh, i i started this to de-stress because my life is full of stress again because i'm not learning anything in school i'm currently enrolled in my english uh, class in english majoring but uh, i rarely learn a thing maybe because i don't know maybe because it's online or because i don't really want to be a teacher more possibly i'd rather be a journalist or <laughs> freaking a podcast podcaster and so um i actually started this podcast late 2020 december 2020 is when i initially started all these and uh, i actually had classes during that time i was in and out of class i was uh, i was uh, changing my home i actually changed home several times from in several cities and towns uh this is actually my third move third move uh during since i stopped podcasting due to some family troubles so i think that is enough reason to stop podcasting and is a suitable reason justify is a justified reason why i had stopped podcasting and i'd like to talk about my possible excuse me future episodes uh which which i would uh publish uh, weekly on this pla- on these platforms i really enjoy talking since i was youth you know i really i really i really kept speaking and speaking i was really the noisy kid in class and uh uh since i was a child maybe 2 years old i would already i was already speaking spontaneously speaking with speed and everybody was like whoa look at this kid huh my pa- my grandparents cannot attest to this my family cannot attest to this my mother cannot attest to this they were sending these uh, little little vhs or these tiny mini mini uh mini cassette tapes from recorders back in the day back in the mid 90s late 90s and they used to send it to where my parents were at in another country cuz my parents were working away from home and uh they were amazed that their 2 year old kid infant could uh, a toddler could uh, already speak with such speed and skill and so i grew up without actually harnessing this uh talent of mine and so i realized somewhere somewhere why don't i just start speaking and making something productive out of it rather than just rambling on to people who don't care or people who uh, are annoyed with uh, how i speak how i bother them in my calls i call people on on facebook on messenger i call them and <laughs> probably they are so pissed off at me cuz of how i keep calling them and giving them long-winded bullshit on uh, on what they have to on what they don't really need to listen to complaints uh, theories whatever people tell me even when i was in, in class people used to tell me when when before covid uh, before this covid home work from home class started people used to tell me why don't you just do a podcast cuz you like talking so much in class i would talk in class i would answer the, the professor's lectures the questions i would give more questions to the professor we would have a nice uh we would have a nice discourse in class but of course this is all changed in the face of online class 
Of course, uh, hmm. And again, I want to inform the world about the state of, of course, mental illness. That it is a serious matter that not all illnesses, not all disabilities, I am a certified PWD in the Philippines. I just want to say that not all people uh, with a disability are, it's evident that it is evident in them. Of course, in me, it is evident when I speak. People are going to say, whoa, look at this guy talking a lot, blah, 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 he's hyper, he's on, a, he's on some drug. Which is not true. I am mostly sober. And, but I am hyper, yes, because a lot of things are going up in there. A lot of things are going up in my brain. So why not? Why don't I just keep talking? There is no harm. Why don't I just make a podcast? There is no harm. It's like a radio. It's like a, it is a radio show. It is the radio show of the masses of today. And I want to, again, going back in what I said before a while ago, I just want to inform people that um, mental illness or disability is not is not directly uh, something one can see with the, with the eye. It is not something that is so evident and it is not something that, you know, we're all monsters, psychopaths. Oh, you're bipolar. Holy shit, you have something wrong with your brain. You can't control yourself. Why don't you stop acting crazy and hyper? It is not so easy for one with this disorder. He, he or she would know what he's going through, what he's doing. But it is not so easy for him to stop what he is doing, even though one is aware of his, uh, you know, faults, one's eccentricities, one's, uh, you know, off-center uh, theories and uh, and imaginations and whatever one is doing that is quite crazy. Again, living with bipolar disorder, how do I, how do I even start? How do I even start and how people view it? Living with this is disorder is. First, people would say, oh, he's just noisy. Of course, they would say, first, upon first listening to this very podcast, you know that something is up. And so I just usually tell people, hey, I have this stuff going on. It might be the wrong thing. It might scare people off, but it's the truth. Which brings us to how people view uh, my disorder or how people view my condition. It is very terrible. People are probably so scared and get scared off. Once they learn after a few weeks of correspondence or even a few days or even a few hours of my condition, they would normally be so scared and, and stop talking to me, classmates, just, uh, you know, they, they, dis, uh, they, dis, uh, they are so disinformed and uh, misunderstand me just based on what they assume would be a very psychotic person in their very classroom, which is not the right thing to do. And going back, uh, I, I really want to cover in this podcast uh, the realest things that had happened to me within the center. Like I was even imprisoned in a cell, in a very cell, an actual cell with a little tiny uh, toilet for just for me and a little tiny sink, but with no uh, lights. So I used to read in the semi-darkness. They don't even give me a flashlight or an LED. But, but thinking way back, that would have been a good idea. And they would give my food in a little hole, tell me to poop there to, and whatever in, in, the, in the, give me a little toilet paper or a bidet. Uh, and I wouldn't even shower because there was no shower because I could plug, uh, flood the whole place. But uh, they kept me in, in this rehab, in the center, the second center that I was at. The first center, they'd give me shots. They'd give me injections. They'd give, give me injectable sedatives. But in the last uh, place I was at, they'd give me, uh, they just lock me up in this crazy cell for things that uh, I was doing, like uh, violence, like <laughs> uh, engaging in relations with the opposite sex. Who can avoid this stuff, you know? I was in there for six freaking years, three years, three years. And just so much things have happened. I've seen guys just whacking off in public. I've seen uh, people getting spat on, people getting beat up. 
uh, grandmother is getting beat up by, by random folk. I would never hit women so much. I hit, I wouldn't do much of that if I was in a normal state of mind. But uh, I'd seen a grandmother. Yeah, I'd see a grandmother get hit in the face, and she was quite a very posh. Uh, she came from a posh family of business people, and she, in fact, got hit in the face. Uh, I just want to share these experiences to let people know how life was like on the inside for me in these six years. And now is the perfect freaking time. Because why not? Because I am uh, in, in, in my freedom. I'm in, a, in my freedom, state of freedom. I'm in my free state. Uh, I haven't been in a center for since uh, about, I'm going on four years, 2022, right? I'm going on four years outside the center. And I'm so proud. I'm, I'm on my way fin to finish college. Uh, I've had relationships with women. I've had a girlfriend before, but not now. If anybody want, is, is single and hears this and wishes to uh, and fits under certain criterion, then uh, he, she can, uh, you know, send me a line on my email or on my Facebook. Anyway, jokes aside, uh, I just want to I just want to just want to be productive. And why not? You know, I won't, I don't, I'm studying to be an English major, but I don't want to be a teacher. I want to be a freaking journalist. I want to be a writer. So why don't I start by being a journalist, by being a freaking broadcaster, a radio broadcaster, a podcaster. Why don't I start by being this? Because this will benefit me in the future. If I start podcasting, podcasting now, in the future, when I graduate a few years from now, I will be healthier mentally physically and i will be more emotionally i'll be mentally mentally i will be more prepared for my job so this uh you know this podcast is an exercise not only for other people to learn from my experiences but for me to learn from myself and to you know develop myself in any way and in a very productive way a product productive is a word that you would hear so many times on this podcast and so uh hmm so, uh, and so speaking about living with this condition, sometimes you realize that, oh my God, my mood is going up. Like right now my mood is normal, slightly elevated. Uh, because I have bipolar disorder, I realize NOS, bipolar not otherwise specified, which is not type one, um, which is not the one that is mostly manic or the one that is mostly depressive, mixed, uh, mostly depressive, I mean, or, or mixed. It's not neither of those two. Uh, it's, um. I don't know how you explain what my condition is because I'm a professional, but uh, they say, my doctors say that I'm bipolar, not otherwise specified. So I'm a special kind of special person, which is very, very sad in, in some way. But if you view it, you know, it's just, it's just how it is. It's just how it is. So with this condition, you can realize that you're going uh, on a on a tangent. You realize that you're speaking and speaking. You realize that you're just going on and on and on. You realize that your mood is elevated, going up. You realize that later your mood will go down. You realize you're going to cry. You want to kill yourself. You want to harm others. And there is so little one can do to fix this. Uh, if one ha uh, develops healthy coping mechanisms, by coping mechanisms, I mean things like spirituality and prayer, exercise and fitness, eating healthily, uh, having an activity that one really enjoys that is productive. Again, oh my God, productive. Like um, doing this podcast, what I'm doing. That one has mastered, one could master mental illness. And if one is normal and has no mental illness, then one, I could say, has mastered life. Now, what is bipolar disorder? You're going to hear this so many times in this podcast. Again, 
uh, among other things that you would hear over and over. And I apologize if this is so monotonous, but it has to be said. Bipolar disorder is a condition wherein, you know, people, people, it's not being two-faced because people think bipolar, bi, two, polar, poles, disorder, whatever, something wrong. But no, it's not like that. That's that's a multiple personality disorder is what you are thinking of. Bipolar disorder is when people are, uh, uh, range when people's moods range from uh, extremely high, extremely elevated to normal, and then to extremely uh, depressed mood. So it's having two extreme moods, and I can't do shit to uh, control it most of the time. I just let it let it ebb and flow and take my pills. Yeah, I'm on so much uh, maintenance for a person who is only 25, and I can't do anything about it. Rather, uh, other than uh, try to improve myself. And people view it as such a, in, t in a terrible way. People just view it and say, whoa, this guy is actually bipolar, blah, blah, blah. Something is wrong, blah, 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 not normal. My own father would say things like that. Oh, I remember my own father, yeah. He would tell me things as recently as when I was in my early 20s when last time I saw him. He would tell me things like, uh, oh, you're not crazy because a crazy person can't talk. What the fuck does that mean? I am talking too much is why something is wrong, but that doesn't mean I'm crazy. That, that just means that I have a mental condition. And most Filipinos, most people in this country, or, or even Filipinos who have gone to the West, do not understand this, uh, this fact, which is a sad ordeal. And I don't think it's going to get any better unless, you know, it's getting slightly better. More and more people in the Philippines, more and more Filipinos either here or abroad are becoming more open about their mental illnesses and uh, rehabilitation is getting more popular, you know, relatively more popular, and I'm so happy for that. I'm so happy for those developments. Having spent six years in rehab, I have seen, again, so many things happen. Riots. Riots happened over a prayer once. Riots happened over uh, food. Riots happened over someone doing something stupid most of the time, and it is very funny. Not really so funny, but it is like, it's funny and sad at the same time. Like, why, why should these things happen when they can be easily prevented? I want to talk about the, the lapses in judgment that the people have done within the center, why they had done these things, allowed these things to happen, why they had allowed, speak concretely, and uh, cite certain things that have happened without giving too much uh, personal info of these. Like a certain guy, a certain patient had taken a uh, certain certain uh, lock. Was it a padlock? He stole a padlock and put it in a sock and slammed it, swung it on someone's, on a nurse's head, which required stitches. So you can say, you can tell that, you know, this was so out of the judgment uh, of the, of the nurses in letting this individual out. And letting him be with the others, while me, I was kept in a in a in lock and key for a year, and I was not really that much violent, though I was violent for hard uh, punching certain people, certain staff who had put me, who had uh, decided uh, to tell me to hey go inside that cage. So I hit this certain staff, and and again, uh, things uh, things of uh, lapses of judgment in on terms of the administrators. How they had just uh, given us uh, terrible food and told us, hey, deal with it, because in the real world, you won't get anything better. And my doctor, my own doctor, my very own doctor would tell me, and he's one of the top doctors, one of the top psychiatrists in the country. I don't know how he became a psychiatrist, but he is not really therapeutic or wasn't therapeutic at the time. He would tell me things like, oh, 
in jail, you would just get a sardine or two for uh, for your meal. The fuck am I? Am I in jail? Am I like a criminal? What am I? What am I in there for? I'm in there for my depression. I'm in there for my bipolar disease. Don't tell me. Don't ever tell me that I'm I'm gonna be in jail because that's that's not that's not anything. That's not something that is uh, therapeutic to say. So I just got angrier in there day by day, till one day, directly from the isolation of obs- uh, the room that they call a cell is an isolation. They call it they call the cell isol- an isolation room, and. So I was actually put uh, from there. So one day told me, hey, Stephen, wake up and pack. So my mother and she shipped me to my father's province, somewhere in the center of the country, far, far away. They even speak a different language there, which will be reserved for another podcast. So uh, living, living with this disease in my uh, having bipolar is so terrible. Uh Maybe perhaps because um, the center I was in, I was in for too long, longer than the average. The, the, an addict would get six months. An addict would come back, he would get maybe 10 months to eight months. He'd come back, he'd get uh, more a year and a half. So he, those are the three, uh, usually an addict doesn't relapse more than three times. But if you were a mental health person in my rehab, uh, in my rehab particularly, you can be kept or held in there for as long as possible. There, There is no uh, maximum time, like you're just, an unlimited buffet of rehabilitation, which is sad. We have no control. Man, I was put there as a child and they didn't even brief me. And when I left, the worst thing is, besides not briefing me what would go on or giving extensive briefing and knowing that I was in the right state of mind and um, had given consent for my uh, admission, they just listed me as being voluntarily admitted without me saying anything. And they... uh, they did not give me aftercare after the fact of my rehabilitation. Nobody was, I had no counselor to support me. I had no, nobody to tell me what the fuck to do. So when I was in like my dad's place in, in, center of the, in the center of the country, I was involved in a lot of fights. People didn't know what the fuck was wrong with me. I didn't know what the fuck was wrong with myself. I was just assuming that I was living in, in a rehab still, which is a sad ordeal. And in other sad ordeals, you know, I just want to raise, I just want to raise the topic. Uh, I don't want to talk about sad stuff anymore. There were really fun, fun times that had happened within the rehab. There were uh, and fun things that happen when you're having a manic episode when you're ha- while having bipolar disorder. You know, when you are as a bipolar person, when you are in an elevated mood, all these things in your brain just rush in. They rush in. They rush in. And holy shit, it feels so great sometimes, which leads to the eventual crash. And so in rehab, there were also fun things. We would have this rich guy who would give us buffets. He would give us a ton of food. He would give us freaking steak. What do you want, medium, rare, rare? And these catering people would come in and we'd all go in the dining area and we'd all have a fucking feast. We'd have a buffet. We'd have a buffet of good freaking food. And there, and there, there, I've never had anything of that outside. Re- I mean, only sometimes I do when my family who are uh, well-pocketed and <laughs> rich come over and they, they let me have buffets and shit. But, but on my own, I don't, I don't, I don't have steaks, medium, rare, rare, unlimited in a buffet. Nah. And they even served stuff like potatoes, mashed potatoes, uh, bacon unlimited. But the thing is, it was a buffet having that. In the Philippines, in my country, that is a big deal. Especially just handing it out to someone who doesn't really know you. That's that just shows how well pocketed, well 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 moneyed these people who were in rehab were. 
and how we should be, have more, you know, more rights given to people in rehab. We sh we, they should be given more therapies. They should be given more attention. They should be given more, you know, people should know more, learn more about people in rehab. And people should learn more about mental illnesses. So if they have troubles, well, they can consult a professional without facing any stigma, without facing any untoward feedback. Well, um, I'm drawing to the close of 30 minutes. I said I would only speak for 30 minutes. And so far, I'm on the 28th mark, 28th minute. So I hope that you all had fun listening to Stephen T. talk. Stephen Torres. Real things, Stephen says. I'm having a really enjoyable time talking to everyone here, having a really great time speaking with these individuals whom I hope would make um, a community uh, based around these little um, tidbits of information that I said. I hope nobody takes uh, what I say in a bad way if any of my doctors or whoever ran that place get a hold of this uh, disclaimer. If anybody... Who knows me gets a hold of this podcast and gets so offended? <laughs> am I going to do anything about it? I'm so sorry. I might, I might, uh, I might make a revision or, uh, about what you have to th say in the upcoming episodes, but it will just flow as I wish until you take legal action, which I hope you won't have to do, and uh, which I hope that I myself would not have to say anything that would lead to that, because of course that is counterproductive. It is not productive, and I don't want that. I just want to inform people about. People, it's such a story when people say, hey, you've been in there for six years, what the hell happened? I can't really say a lot, but I can say a lot about what happened in my brain. I, I can't really, because stuff that happened in rehab is just over, over, uh, same thing, it's Groundhog Day. But what happened outside and after, in the aftermath of the rehab, during the rehab, things that um, led to me being rehabilitated, that. That is the freaking thing that I just want to talk about. Those are the real things that Stephen T. wishes to speak about because Stephen T. has a mouth connected to his brain that had seen so many things happen that are noteworthy. And I just want to keep talking and talking and talking about it. Just not offend anyone. I just want to inform. I want to educate. I want to say the real things. Thank you for sitting with me for these 30 odd minutes. I hope you're all having a great and pleasant weekend. This is me, Stephen T, Stephen Torres, checking out. Thank you very much. Stay subscribed, stay followed, stay tuned in, and wait for the next episode. Thank you very much. Stephen is not a medical professional, and the show does not attempt to substitute their advice. I would greatly appreciate it if you followed commented and shared this podcast if you enjoyed it.